This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. 11-10 11.35 is the time. We welcome you back here on our Sabres pregame, extended pregame today. Hour and a half live at KeyBank Center. Face off with the Sabres and the Flames coming up just after 12.30 with Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. Dan looks well-dressed today, Paul. That's a nice-looking Are you saying that Dan got. normally is not well-dressed? No, I'm saying he looks extra well. Extra I'm well. Gonna t- to, no. I'm going to tell him what you said. I said he looks – I think – yeah, I'm going to tell him that you think he's normally not well-dressed. <laughs> of course you would, Paul. For those that wears the Looney Tunes Play, ties. Playing the role of Rob Ray today is Paul Hamilton. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Paul. Well, we haven't uh, chatted on the air for a game in 10 days. Remember the last this game? It's crazy. Yeah, Carolina? it wasn't a good one. No. It, but it, it brings up the point of, you know, the home record. And just, I've said it before, how many of the losses, including uh, overtimes, now do they have at home? It's right on the top of your sheet there. Yes, their home record is 11 and 15 if you count the right. OTs. Yeah. So let's just take five of those and turn them into wins. You still have a pretty bad home record. It's not great. It's I don't even know if it's middle of the road, but you have 10 more points. And what could you do with 10 more points? Well, now, Paul, now maybe you'd be, we're you'd be two behind Tampa. Yeah, now we're talking about in the conversation <laughs> about Toronto and Tampa. Yeah, and you still wouldn't have a great home record. So that's really been the bugaboo. Is you know they've played some good games here. It's not their they haven't all been bad, but there have been some stinkers in this building, definitely. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. Yeah, and you know today, seemingly we're going to get another big crowd today. They've tended to play well when the crowds have been big and I know you and I have discussed this before on the nights on the weeknights when maybe the opponent doesn't draw in a sellout crowd they seem to not be able to kind of rise up and I know Paul you've said it and I agree with you look you're a professional hockey player Mm -hmm. you've got to figure it out whether there's 10,000 or 19,000 in the building whether there's kids screaming their ears off or people are sitting on their hands You've got to you've got to be able to figure out a way to bring it because you're because they will cheer even if there's ten thousand in there if you give yeah. them something to cheer about they will yeah you know they they'll sound remember last year sometimes those crowds of eight thousand sounded like eighteen thousand because yeah. we'd been used to how many years of sixteen seventeen thousand people and you can hear a pin drop in here because the Sabers never gave them anything to cheer about you know so you know I I think it just gets to a point where yeah you you've got to give them something to cheer about and. Here's a Calgary Flames team where you went into their building in October and you beat them 6-3. Remember, Tuck got the hat trick in that game, yep. and they played pretty well and scored six goals on this team against the same goaltender you're going to see today. So um, at least they know they can play well against the Flames. 
but the Flames have been playing. They've played two games now, both on the road, both losses uh, since since the break. And here Buffalo now is just coming off the break. So does that matter? We'll find out. Yep. Kevin Adams expected to uh, be joining us here in a few minutes. Brian Colesio, Paul Hamilton, uh, Pat Malakar with me here as well here. Uh, Paul, let's get into a couple of things here that we might do later just because we know we have the same regime coming in. Uh, let's talk injury report. It's brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. We just heard your interview with Tage Thompson last segment. Um, if there was a good time for him to get injured and get healthy, well, just even though he does miss the All-Star game because of it, uh, it plays out well in terms of the number of games that he actually missed. Well, when last we convened, T.H. Thompson had just left the ice and couldn't finish the game. So, as you just yeah. said, this break came at a perfect time for T.H. Thompson because if you have three games in four days, it might have been a possibility he might not have played in those games. But now that he's had a break, even being in sunshine, sunshine, ocean, that's kind of healing to be in those types of things, especially if it's a muscle-type thing that we're talking about here. We don't know. but uh, So it came at a great time, so now the Sabres are back to totally healthy, thanks to the break. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, as, as we look at this matchup here today, Paul, the Flames last year, one of the best defensive teams in hockey, uh, but they make a big trade, maybe the biggest trade of the offseason. Uh, Kachuk obviously leaving, and then you've got a couple of, Big names coming back, Huberdeau, Uyghur, some of those as well. What do you think of how the trades played out on the Calgary side? Uyghur's a good player. He's been the better instead of Huberdeau. Huberdeau had 85 assists last year. Forget about points. 85 assists. It's amazing. I think he yeah. had 115 points. Look at him now. He's not even close to being a point a game for the Calgary Flames. Of course, that was all with the Florida Panthers, if you remember. It wasn't with the Flames. And also Markstrom. Markstrom was one of the top goaltenders in the NHL. Look at his numbers now. Yeah, They're not even close. 892 save percentage, way right. down. Yeah. Right, and he was one of the top goaltenders. Remember that game in Calgary last year where Thompson, Markstrom, it was overtime 0-0. And Markstrom tries to clear the puck. Thompson blocks it and puts it in the empty net. That's the only goal that was scored in that game on Markstrom. He had been fantastic last year, but... They're just not getting that kind of goaltending this year. Yep. All right, Paul, again, just in case we don't get to this later, let's let's get a key to the game in here brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. What do you think about the matchup and what the Sabres need to do? You're going to be sloppy, so play simple. It's going to take them a bit to get their game back. They'll probably be fast. You know, they're, they're, they'll be fast, ready to go. But I think maybe there'll be a little bit of sloppiness in their game that they maybe it'll take them a period to get rolling. Now, Calgary just lost in Detroit 2-1, to one, so they played a decent game. But, you know, they could only score one goal, and, and they lost a close 2-1 to one game. So, uh, Buffalo now is third in the league in goal scoring, but still can put the puck in the net. And I think Calgary knows they don't want to get in a shootout with this group. Yep. Paul's Keys brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Coming up a little bit later on in pregame after we get into the 12 o'clock portion of pregame, we'll hear from Sabres head coach Don Granato. We'll also have an interview with goaltender Uka Pekka Lukanen, who has really, really improved his numbers, Paul, up to 13-6-2 this year. He's had a really good go around here as of late, we know. And NHL Rookie of the Month, Uka right. Pekka. We didn't have a chance to talk to him. He got named that during break. That's right. So I didn't have a chance to talk to him until yesterday about being uh, player of the month, and we can with bring Kevin Adams in there. We can talk about his rookie of the month, uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen. That 
That must have been fun to see him uh, be able to get that honor. Just the way he's, you've mentioned it when you talked the other day, the maturity he's been showing and the things. Now he's been rewarded by the league. Other people are noticing. Yeah, I think for for him it's uh, it's a little bit of, I was talking about this the other day with Owen Power, like, you know, the goals are a byproduct of how he's been playing. And I think this award is a little bit of the byproduct of just him being more comfortable and confident and uh so the way he's handled himself has been impressive, you know, with tough teams, tough buildings. Now he just has a maturity that he's showing that's, you know, that's exciting for us. Well, we've been chatting before, Kevin, in the past. One of the big things we know has been about goaltending, and I know that you had been saying, you know, stay the course with Lukanen. We know even earlier in his career dealing with some injuries, but given the opportunity to now kind of fulfill a number one role, um, how excited are you to see that he's kind of taken it and run with it? Well, it's a, I mean, it's a huge thing for our organization, honestly. You know, we look at, we've looked at UPL over the last couple of years, and you see the ability uh, just when he's playing well, the, his movements, his reading of the play, he's, he's big, he takes up a lot of net. You know, those things, you see it, but he just hadn't been able to get into a rhythm, um, both leagues, whether it was here or the American Hockey League, to be able to do it over and over. And that's why we were so, you know, to us it was so important to get the minutes, get the reps, get the starts. But for sure, to come here and, you know, under a circumstance when, you know, comms got hurt, to step in and then, you know, just run with it has been great to see. So it's big for us. Yeah, and one thing I know Paul always brings up when we we're talking on post game, like analyzing a game, is, hey, you know, this, when is the Sabre goalie going to step up and make that big save when the team maybe needs it in a tie game or when they're, when they're down a goal? And he's been really good at that. Well, I can yeah. give you right off the top of my head um, the save he made on Tarasenko in St. Louis. You know, that was a game where... We got to an early lead. We had played back-to-back games. That was the second one of a back-to-back. You could see as the game went on, we were starting to fatigue a little bit. We were turning pucks over. We needed our goaltender to be able to make those saves in those situations as they were bringing the momentum and coming back. So the save he made on a breakaway right before that and then on Tarasenko point blank um, with what was there, a couple minutes to go before the penalties and all that. Yeah. So that's that. to your point, that's, that's critical. And, um, you know, and I think what I sense is the players, the players believe, and they they com- they're comfortable in front of them. And you know, you guys know that's that's half the battle too. Just to, when the team has confidence in front of a goaltender, it's a big deal. Okay, let me ask you this: We hear it's the old saying. Ever since I've been around hockey, you know, young players, it would be great to get them in the playoffs because they get that experience. True, that's true. But what about the next 32 games where Lukanen gets to be the number one goalie? and power and cousins get to play in key situations is that just as big to be in a big playoff race for your young players to learn from that maybe as much as actually being in the playoffs do you do you equate those things i do i think uh, i mean let's face it like every game from here on out is is basically becomes a playoff type of game you know where you know what's on the line game after game after game and so you're getting that feeling of showing up at the rink knowing this is a big game today and not that it the points count the same you know that in October as they do now and into April but the reality is everything's just ratcheted up a little bit higher you know a little bit higher the intensity is a little bit higher so for sure like playoffs you know you get there and you get those that feeling and what it's all about but what they're going through what they've already gone through and now what we're about to go through in this stretch is absolutely critical in the development of our individuals and of our team. I want to ask you one more thing about the goalies, but Sabres GM Kevin Adams joining uh, me, Brian Colsey, along with Paul Hamilton here. The three goaltender situation. Obviously, you had to be creative for a while there while the roster spots were filled. Now, how do you 
foresee it maybe playing out um, with Lukanen kind of being the guy here with you wanting him to play as well as he's playing. You've got Comrie and Anderson. Like, I guess what is your long-term vision assuming you've got all three of them available to you? Well, it's like, you know, I think I probably said this to you guys before. I, this falls under the category of good problems. You know, there's yeah. always challenges and rosters and decisions, but this is a great thing because uh, Oopy's kind of put himself in a spot where he's just, like we already talked about, kind of taking things and run, and that's what we want. In saying that, you know, we absolutely have faith in the other two that they can go on and play well and win hockey games, and they've showed that. So, you know, it's unusual to carry three, but I think we didn't want to um, not be open to doing that if the situation dictated it, which I believe has. So we'll go week by week here. You know, you guys know how we've used Craig all year, and that was our plan in the offseason. We believe signing him was critical for our young players, the, the mentorship he shows, not just other goaltenders, but the defensemen and TV timeouts, him talking to our players like it's having another coach. It's a big deal, but we know we can't overplay overplay Andy. You know, we have to – that, that once-a-week rhythm is kind of what he's been in. Um, and then we'll see where we're at. But we'll go week by week. Mike Bells does a great job kind of making sure – all the goalies understand, communicate with them, um, and we'll see where we're at. But it's a lot of hockey coming up, as you guys know. we got a trade deadline coming up as it comes up every year on March 3rd. Um, you've outlined a little bit this week. Of your plan really hasn't changed from what you've talked about for many, many times. And you've said before, whether it's Chikrin, whether it's Meyer, no matter who it is, you always make a phone call. You want to know what's going on. You, want, you might say, hey, hey, Mike, what's the cost? That type of thing. You might make one call, you might have made 50. You're not going to tell us, whatever. But you're always at least talking, you know, whether no matter what the player, you make that phone call, don't you? For sure. I think, well, I mean, two reasons for that. One, I have to understand the league and where things are at and the price for players, and, you know, that's part of my job. And that doesn't mean that um, necessarily even a player we would for sure target, but it's important to know kind of where you are in the landscape and the marketplace. So that's one. Two, you you have to get to a point where you understand the risk-reward of what you're willing to do as an organization. And if I don't clearly understand the market and where players are and the ask, then you're left out, right? So for me, um, always on the phone, making sure I understand, checking around the league, um, that's part of my job. In saying that, we're always going to be open to things, and we'll see if it makes our, you know, makes sense for us. But we're not going to hit fast forward and try to rush things. We're going to keep letting our players develop and go through this time together. It's your team at the point now, and as you said, you, I always use Alex Tuck as him. That's the kind of player. If you're going to acquire somebody, he was 25 when you got him, so he can help now. He can help down the road when you're in a championship mode type of thing. Is this group there yet where maybe you can make a deal like that for a 24, 25, 26-year-old who maybe is going to cost you a draft pick, maybe it's going to cost you one top prospect, whether it's Quinn, Paterka, one of your three picks last year. I mean, we're not talking power, Dowling, those guys. Is your group to that point yet where maybe you're ready to make that move if the, if the financials make sense, if the compensation makes sense, maybe you're going to lose a prospect and a draft pick to do that, but you're going to get a 24 or a 25 or 26-year-old that's going to be with you for a long time. Are you to that point yet as an organization? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you – I guess the way you asked it, I don't know if you're ever – you wake up and you say, we're at that point today, now we're willing to do it. I think you're always looking at it, you're evolving and kind of understanding where your team is. I guess what I would go back to, Paul, is – 
you want to be making sure, be mindful of what's going on around the league, be in those conversations. But what's critically important for us is, one, to make sure our own core is is locked up and we grow with this group. And then as you do that, which you've seen the signings we've had and what's going on, but we also have more to come. You know, that's there's going to be more of those coming. So then you kind of round it out from there. I think you have to be really careful of flipping that where you bring in someone from the outside that could be so-called savior, and that's just a tough way to do things. So I'd prefer to have our core start to build together um, and then add to it at the right time. So I don't know if you ever wake up and say, okay, we're ready for it. You have to be open to it. So you don't know when that right. You'll know when it comes. I think you'll know when it comes. Yeah, and I don't see us right now in a position where we're going to just start doing something and getting away from our plan that we've built. Um, Now, what you said is important though it doesn't really make sense as a young as young of a team as we are to make a big move um and not have someone that can grow with us you know like a, a short-term rental doesn't really make sense especially if it's a if it's a higher end type of guy at this point that's why you know referencing tuck is a great way to do it because that was a key part of the eichel negotiations to make sure that we set ourselves up for the future all right here's thoughts maybe from fans here we see in the last week the nba had three monster trades. Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kyrie Irving. He's Ru- not trading for Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's I'm true. telling you. He'd be a good defenseman, <laughs> I bet, though. Right. Long reach. Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, like, these are three of the top maybe 20 players in the league. And, of course, then NHL fans are like, why come that doesn't happen in the NHL? Now, Vladimir Sarasenko just got moved. Question, do you sense that maybe GMs were maybe in many years past were, are so hesitant to maybe move players of note I don't know if the level of Kevin Durant will ever be traded in the NHL, but like when you talk with GMs, do you are do you sense that it'll ever get to that level, or do you think hockey will just kind of maybe be a little bit more conservative in terms of how these moves are made? Well, I, you know, it's an interesting thought and discussion point, especially for fans to have. I guess I guess part of the way I would look at it is when you have an elite elite player and if you're going to move them then you better be getting elite elite players back because you don't want to give away a player in their prime that's a world-class talent without something that's going to help your team so i don't think that it's a lack of willingness to make trades it's more of like what are you doing and why and how are you building your team and does it make sense now situations change all the time players you know, the contract situations come up or players just get in a situation where they may not want to be there anymore. I mean, there's all of those things come into play. So um, I don't think it's an unwillingness. I just think it's – I can speak for myself only, I guess, as one of 32 GM. We have players on our team that we believe in and that want to be here and that, that we want to, to keep. You know, I don't even want to entertain the thought of doing um, something with those guys. But – um, I think you always have conversations, and you yeah. see you see where it goes. I mean, Wayne Gretzky got traded, right? That's so true. hey, there you go. And I got traded five <laughs> times, so I mean, it, it can happen, you know. You, you, you've um, talked about Devin Levi a lot. What, how about a guy? You always talk about having honest conversations. A guy like uh, Portillo. Where is he at? Has he conveyed to you at all? Because the reason I'm asking is because of the trade deadline. Where maybe is has he conveyed to you that you know what? Maybe I'm going to test free agency, so maybe you can get an asset or something for that uh, before it happens. Has he or his uh, people conveyed anything to you that maybe he doesn't want to sign in Buffalo? No. So Eric is a uh, obviously talented goaltender. You've you've heard me say that before. We look at him as a as a legitimate 
uh, prospect in this league. You know, the situation just for fans that may or may not know is he controls it, to be honest with you. You know, he's coming to the point where if he wants to become a free agent, he's going to have the ability to do that. What we haven't gone down the road of is is anything that specific, Paul, from him. You know, we're we're working um, behind the scenes, Bill, you know, still with the relationship. But I'm also need to know and my where i sit in my seat if there's a way to do something that we think makes sense for us we're gonna have to do that but you know we're not at that point but just so everybody knows he does have that option and that's just part of the business and so people know johnson's a different case whatever he might decide to do he's a former number one pick so you would get compensation should he choose that route you would get a number two pick is that correct correct you would so yeah it's explained well paul he as a former first round pick in the situation he's in in college if he chose that route which he's the same thing he He can do that as well he we haven't had that he hasn't told us that so we'll continue to look at him as a good prospect and we'll see where it goes from here but if he did choose that route we would get um a late second round pick that actually gets tacked on to the end of the second round not this draft would be the following in 24, which, um, you know, is seems to be feel a little better if those things happen than uh, when you'd lose a player for nothing, but that's the way things go. Sabres GM Kevin Adams with us here live in the press box on WGR. Just uh, another question or two here for you. How about just the news of the week? I know you've addressed it, but maybe for those that haven't heard it, Dylan Cousins getting a, an extension and just the feeling of your – top two centers now being a part of this organization long term yeah it's i mean it's critically important we we value the the game that dylan plays um and what i mean by that is you can talk about one two center you can talk about production you can talk about talk about analytics and all the things that that you know the process of dylan's game but he also does things that are hard to quantify that i think you need to win in this league and ultimately to win championships and that's um, you know, stick up for your teammates, um, you know, the leadership that he shows every day. I mean, you know, at his age and experience to be playing with two rookies and, you know, be the mentor is pretty um, impressive. So all of that added up to us to just, you know, and here's a key core piece that hungry to be here. You know, my conversation when I sat with him on the road before we got into negotiations with his agent was really powerful. I mean, he's like, Kevin, I want to, this is where I want to be. I love Buffalo. I love this organization. I want to win here, and let's get this done. You know, and then, you know, he kind of turns it over, and we, we do our business. But I just think it sends a powerful message um, to our organization, to our fans, that, you know, these type of people are here and here to stay for a long time. It's exciting. Is it more difficult to find two really good centers? Is that when you're building a team, is that one of the biggest things is trying to find that? Because you found two really good centers – who are totally different. Yeah. And, I, and that's, I'm not, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, I mean, it's a good they, thing. They, well, they both bring something different, very good to the table, don't yeah, they? Yeah, no, they do, and they actually complement each other really well, and they, they're really close off the ice, which I think actually is kind of a special thing. You've seen Dylan slide into a bigger role in the power play this year, and so, you know, not every all the time, but a lot of times on that top power play unit. Um, so all of a sudden they're out there together, he and Tage critical on the penalty kill he's becoming a better face-off guy and all the stuff that he brings but no it's 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 difficult I mean you you really need in this league in my opinion to be really strong down the middle you need to be really strong on the back end I mean just the way the way the league is now if you have defensemen that can break pucks out and put pucks on the tape and play fast and close and 
uh, transition the puck the other way. It's critically important. And then obviously, you know, goaltending is always going to be important. So those are things that we, we've looked at the last couple of years. I just remembered, I forgot, uh, with the trade deadline coming up and you lost Fitzgerald, are you looking for a depth defenseman before we, we hit uh, March 3rd? Yeah, it was tough losing Fitz. I mean, that's exactly, you, just, you know, we were in that situation we just already covered with the three goaltenders and trying to juggle the roster. And we certainly didn't want to lose him. And that's the way these things go. But no, we'll definitely keep our eyes open and, and talk about that um, because it would be nice to have another type of depth defenseman. But, you know, the one thing, Paul, you have to always balance, too, is, you know, at the trade deadline, the price and what it costs to acquire and is it is it, you know, for where where what we're trying to do and why does it make sense? You know, so those are the conversations we'll have, you know, internally every day now. Sabres GM Kevin Adams. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you joining no us. No problem. Anytime. Right. Thanks so Happy much. Happy to join Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right. Nice seeing you guys. We'll take a timeout. Same here. We'll take a timeout here on the pregame. When we come back, get you Sabres head coach Don Granado. Flames and Sabres just after 1230 right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.